Aloha. This is Yi from Pepper. They asked us to be on the Maleko and Flash podcast. We obviously said no. I want to take a moment before we do the podcast. I want to talk about my new favorite thing. Okay. This, this flask cap. Oh, yeah. This is the coolest yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were showing me that the other day. This is the coolest thing. I saw this. It was advertised to me on Instagram, and I thought, I need this in my life. So I bought two. I bought one for me and my wife. It's essentially a discreet way to keep your alcohol with you when you're doing everyday things. But it's not a flask. No. It, it goes on to like your hydro flask, whatever. Yeah. whatever. So your hydro flask tumbler or your Yeti tumblers, everybody's got one yeah, now, yeah. right? Whatever it is, you're drinking your water in all day long. Yeah. So you go to the beach, you're not it's really bad form to go to the beach with like liquor visible. Is you know? it though? You can't go out there and start pouring Tito's on the beach into your glass because then you're totally Sure that, would be great if I could though. But you can't. But you can now with the flask cap, because this is cool. It's a cap. That discreetly holds five ounces of liquor in the lid. And you just put it on any one of your existing tumblers. And so you'll grab the tumbler, you fill it with ice, you put Coca-Cola in it. And everybody sees you putting Coca-Cola in it, and that's it. And they're like, oh, I'm look, only drinking Coke. I'm just drinking I'm only Coke. drinking Coke. Nothing to see here. Move along. Right? And then you put the lid on, and there's a button on top of the lid. And you just push it. It dispenses an ounce of your favorite liquor into your Coke. Oh, my goodness. So now I've got a Jack and Coke. I can push the button all five times, though, if I want, Absolutely. You lush. (laughs) You can. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, now we're getting somewhere. It's great. It has made beach time so much more fun for me. It works really well, too. It's really well made. It's made in the USA. In fact, they they made it. A couple of, uh, of hipsters in Montana made this thing. And they're selling it now on the internets, and it's fantastic. It's called Flaskap, F-L-A-S-K-A-P. Flaskap. And, and it holds five ounces of liquor. What more do you want? I mean, I, I need this in my life is what I need. I could, be, I could be drinking this right now as we speak. If you want one, we are going to give you one. What? At the end of this one. episode. Listen, at the end of this episode, we're going to tell you how you can win your very own flask cap and make your life five ounces cooler. <laughs> I think we can all agree the Maleco and Flask podcast is better with a cocktail in your hand. You know, our podcast sucks. <laughs> and uh, the only way to make it suck less... Is to drink more. It's true. And so we encourage you to do lots of that while listening to this podcast. But specifically, it gets even funnier only if <laughs> you drink Tito's vodka. <laughs> I mean, it's funny with all alcohol, but let's let's be it's honest. It's more funny. It's, it's more funny. It's easier to drink Tito's vodka than any other drink, really. It's, it's mom approved, specifically my mom approved. She's our only listener, and she only listens after she's had mm, one to four Tito's drinks. <laughs> Give or take. Uh, of course, Tito's is going to make our show funnier, and Tito's is just going to make life funnier. And if you're a single dude... It might uh, help you in other ways as well. Now, if you're not familiar, Tito's is handmade vodka created in the U.S. It all started in Austin, Texas. Uh, It is made in a craft environment, really small distillery. They still make it like they used to make it. It's not made in some fancy French distillery in the middle of nowhere (laughs) that sells their crap to Costco. It's Tito's. They make it in the U.S. Wow, shots fired. It's amazing. Listen, it's gluten-free. It's organic. It's all 
all that hipster stuff you like now. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, who cares? It's delicious. It's very easy to drink. It's very easy to drink. I've obviously had a couple before we did this. <laughs> is that why that Tito's bottle is empty? Thanks, Flash. So we spent a lot of time encouraging people to make cocktails and to enjoy cocktails while they're listening to this podcast. And it occurred to me the other day that people might actually be in a car listening to this podcast. And we want to just let you know, we are absolutely opposed against, we strand strongly against you, drinking we, and we, dri- we, we, we strand, what? Yeah, don't, don't slosh and drive. See, the way you're talking right now, you shouldn't be driving. No, what we should be doing is ordering a lift. Yes, because Always. that's what responsible drinkers do. Yes, I know those two things don't normally go together, responsible and drinkers, <laughs> especially when it comes to us. But you can do it responsibly. In fact, we encourage you to drink as much as you want. Just make sure that you have a ride planned. And the best way to do that is to have the Lyft app ready to go. And in Honolulu, there's no better way to get around than with Lyft. It's so easy. I use it seriously all the time if I know I'm going to have more than one drink. Like when we do this stupid podcast, <laughs> I'm definitely ordering a lift uh, to and from the studio. It's it, just a smart thing to do, and it's easy. And it's not really that hard. It's, it's just – you just said that, actually. I did. And also, it's not expensive. You've had too much to drink. See? Exactly. <laughs> I rest my case. We are, we are a walking example of why you shouldn't be driving a motor vehicle <laughs> after a couple cocktails. So use Lyft. <laughs> oh, hey, shout out to Naomi at Pacific Edge Magazine, by the way. She's so hot. We're just shouting her out because she's, she's hot. That's not nope. it, Flash. What? No, I love Pacific Edge Magazine. Actually, the magazine's great. And this this month, they are doing a special women in business issue. I love women in business. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know where this is going. Uh, they're actually they recognize a bunch of fantastic leading ladies in Honolulu, uh, and you can check it out. That is the April issue of Pacific Edge Magazine. Can't and wait. if you want to pick it up, uh, you can pick it up uh, at the special event that they're hosting on Tuesday, April 30th at the Hawaiian Mission's, Mission Houses Historic Site and Archives. You can get more information by visiting their website, PacificEdgeMagazine.com. I also think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they have a digital copy on their website of whatever issue they've got coming up. And, oh, by the way, they throw these monthly launch parties, mm-hmm. and typically some guy named Flash, who's a much better MC than some other people in the room, he, maybe he's there hosting as well. Oh, is that is that what's going on over there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't need to host the event. I'm actually in one of the magazines. Are you in one of the magazines? You can search Maleko, and you can find my special centerfold. Centerfold? It's fantastic. Like Burt Reynolds style? <laughs> like naked? <laughs> Check it out. PacificEdgeMagazine.com and learn more. And we're rolling. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Maleco and Flash podcast. It is Wednesday, March 20th, 2019. Our special guest today is the president and CEO of Hawaii Food Bank, But you might know him better from his previous work, a 33-year career at KHON2 as a reporter, a sports reporter, and an anchor. Currently, 
Established at the food bank, been there for about a year now, providing food for one in eight people in Hawaii, including more than 54,000 keiki across the state. Last year, Hawaii Food Bank distributed 11.1 million pounds of food on Oahu, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about his previous incarnation as a reporter <laughs> and television star. Maybe I can learn something from it all. <laughs> Please welcome to the studio, Ron Mizutani. Hey. Thank you, guys. I'm honored. Humbled. Are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was walking by uh, Evie Lane and somebody said, hey, uh, you want to be on somebody's podcast? And I'm like, shoot, let's do it. Was that and, over- then I, and then I walk in here, it's you two guys. <laughs> That's how we get our guests. We just stand outside of IHS, seeing if anybody wants to come in and talk to the crazy guys. All right, well, thanks for coming in, Ron. This is great to have you here, man. Uh, you, you know, all the years of me watching you on TV, I'm the one who's honored. I'm the one who's humbled to be here with you because I just pretend to be a news anchor these days. You know what, Flash? That's what they say to old guys. Yeah. <laughs> As I look yeah. at you. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You resemble that statement, he, right? He knows what that's all about. <laughs> Actually, I started when I was six years old. So, you know, 33-year career. Yeah. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still under 40. So. Oh, that's weird. We all are. <laughs> yeah. Again. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you've got this great new job now. You've yeah. you're actually you, you've established yourself as uh, in a position that probably reaches more people than you did as a newscaster. If that's if you can even imagine that, no question about that. You know, I, and and I'm grateful for my long career and and understand the responsibility that came with that. And you're you're learning that as well, and and understand that as well. Every night, people allow you in their in their living rooms. You know, and that and that requires a lot of trust. And I think. I was able to stay balanced and fair and consistent through the years as a reporter. Uh, I consider myself a reporter, never considered myself an anchor. Uh, even though I did deliver the news, um, I still always considered myself a reporter and approached the job that way. What, what's the difference? Well, one's you, one, a reporter is a porter, so you actually carry tripods. Um, <laughs> but no, a, a reporter, I mean, is somebody who goes out in the field and, and, and talks to people and delivers uh you know the news of the day, and and an anchor is what Maleko does. <laughs> no, no, no. So not that, fired. not that. Ouch. So a news anchor—that's like just reading the teleprompter, making your hair look pretty good. Much. That's yeah. pretty much it. And I and I didn't do that very well either. So yeah, <laughs> I mean there are nights and mornings when I wouldn't even comb my hair, and and my co-anchors would often ask me, uh, are "You going to comb your hair?" But that, that's just you know who I was as a, as a reporter. I was yeah. never an anchor first. Maleko never has been asked that question. <laughs> never. It looks never beautiful, by the way. It's always finely quaffed. Yeah. And it's good. Well, you know, I'm getting a little thirsty here, Flash. Before we go so any further, uh, further, Ron, why don't you start thinking about this? We need a word of the day. P.B. Herman style, looking for a word that we're going to say. I already have one. Frequently and drink to that. And while you're thinking of that, or while you hold on to that, <laughs> we're going to meet our bartenders here today. We're going back to the Queen Kapilani Hotel, this time to the Sunny Deck Overlooking the pool and Diamond Head. That's right. The other day we had uh, the Knott's Coffee Bar, the downstairs lobby bar, the Queen Kapiolani Hotel, in serving us cocktails. And today we go up a couple floors to the pool deck, and we've got my girl, the new bar manager, the deck G, making us cocktails along with Raina, who's uh, pretending to be shy, their marketing <laughs> manager here. G, what do you got for us today? Hi, guys. Hi. Thanks for having me. What a pleasure to see you and all at such an early hour of the morning. <laughs> um, so I did want to bring some wonderful libations for you guys to check out. We are tweaking our cocktail menu, although we're keeping many of our wonderful standards, like our amazing three blend rum Mai Tai, which you guys sampled last time, I think. Mm. Um, but we're going to put some other fun stuff on there, and I thought it would be good to start us off with some 
something a little light. So we're going to do something called a Honolulu Cosmo, something I created a couple years ago. Fresh watermelon, fresh lilacoy, pineapple, Cointreau, and Pal Vodka. So I'm going to get that shaken up over here. And if you guys have any questions, let me know. Awesome. What was wow. the name of that drink again? I'm calling it the Honolulu Cosmo because we don't really have a signature city Cosmo or cocktail for Honolulu. Okay. Um, and because it's a, a twist on a Cosmopolitan, instead of cranberry, we're using local flavors. Um, I thought that that would be a fun way to name it. Naming cocktails is definitely the hardest part of being a mixologist. <laughs> so I was pretty proud of that one. All Very right, cool. All right. So while you're making those Honolulu Cosmos, Cosmos, by the way, one of Flash's favorite drinks. He's just, he likes wow. to feel dainty sometimes. Yum. Carries around. Mm. Cosmo. Pinkies up. Pinkies P- up, Pinkies baby. Up. Pinkies up. Uh, so while you're making those drinks here, Ron, what, uh, what word do you think we should use today to celebrate with? Lup Chung. <laughs> <laughs> Ron's, Ron's doing that thing where he tries, it's, tries to like uh, you, you know what? trick this, us into how now we have to insert this word okay. into the conversation. Here's, here's, here's why this is funny to me. Okay. I used to have a floor director back when there were floor directors. Uh, his name is Ken Sato, if he's listening out there. He knows what we're talking about. Every morning, uh, he would give me the word of the day, and it would be just random. And I somehow had to fit it in the newscast during the morning show. So <laughs> oh, that's I three hours. This. Oh, so it's like well, you're, it's your own this. little inside joke. Exactly. And we would just kind of insert it here and there. And one day, he said Lop Chong, and I lost it. <laughs> and, and, and Do you remember Leslie, how you wound up getting it in? I, Leslie Wilcox got it in. Yeah, she was brilliant. <laughs> I miss her and I love her. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Okay, so Love Chung is the word of the day. Every time you hear the word Love Chung, everybody make some noise. Yay! And we'll have a sip of our cocktails as soon as those are ready, too. Uh, that's fun. You know, you, you mentioned floor directors. This is something that was gone before I arrived in television. Uh, television now is a lot like I know radio to be, where you go in and there's no one there but you. Mm-hmm. And it's like we go into the studio and literally it's me and a bunch of robot cameras and silence. Yeah. There's no one in there. Well, you've got Lindsay, your co-anchor, and, and the oh, no, weather When I girl. come in at 4.30, I'm the only one there. Exactly. Now, weather comes in every once in a while, but they're there for three minutes and they leave. Right. For most of the time, I'm alone, but I understand it was a city, a village of people oh, at a news station during a newscast. I mean, you'd have, so you'd have the directors and the, all the producers in the box. And then on the floor, you'd have your anchor, co-anchors. Wait, what do you mean the, in the box? Uh, control room. Control room. I okay. called it the box. Um, okay. I don't know why. I always used to call it upstairs because back in the day it was upstairs. Yeah. And to this day, I would always say upstairs and people would be like, the heck are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, they're still upstairs. They're still upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> but they're really, they're really not. Uh, you'd have the teleprompter operator, mm-hmm. where they actually were cranking scripts wow. and laying them down next after next. And if the guy was not having a good day <laughs> or, or falling asleep at the wheel, and uh, a lot of times it would happen, you you know you'd you'd be at the mercy of your teleprompter just waiting operator, for the just next waiting. script. Yeah. Wow. Um, so you had those, and you had camera operators literally behind cameras, and it was like Wayne's World, but only better. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not like that now. Obviously, you know, uh, you, the television studio, all of the cameras are replaced by robotic cameras, so there's no cameramen. The foot, pro- the teleprompter is run by a foot pedal that resembles like a gas pedal in a car. So you're sitting at the desk, you're running the foot pedal, uh, and the only other people in the building, aside from the other, uh, the other talent, are the, uh, the director and the producer, and they're upstairs. They're in some right. hidden box somewhere else. Everyone else is sipping on cocktails. Uh, Unless, of course, you you actually work 
you know, at Hawaii News Now that has a real team. See, Maleko, Maleko's they, used to working they have at KITV. Army. With, they have it's an, an army. army. Yeah. It is an army. They still have, I think, Byron the Fur was their floor director for a long time, and now yeah. he's since moved on to director. But they have, the, it's it's insane how many people work there. It really is. And then when you go and visit Maleko, it's a whole different story. It's so silent, and I'm so glad to have visitors. Come <laughs> yeah. on. Please, no friends. Well, uh, Somebody bring me some Lupchung when you come and visit. Yeah. Oh. Hello. All right, drink Cheers, up, everybody. Pickies up. Pickies up. Cheers. Oh, that tastes like fruit punch. That is delicious. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be a good starter. Mm. You know, I really like to use lup chung in my <laughs> smoky <laughs> I've often used that in whiskey cocktails. Yeah. That's a garnish of choice, I think, all across town. I mean, that's well, no, that, pretty this, standard. You know what this would go well with, though? Super smoky. A lup chung manapua. Oh, it would, actually. <laughs> Yes. That is... Um, We're not going to get this podcast done. We're just going to no. sit here and say Lup Chung all day. It's going to work out. So the concept on some of the drinks was, you know, we're outside, we're in the sun, we're at a pool, we're on a deck. We want to make cocktails that are easy to drink, that are light and refreshing, that are not heavy, um, using fun ingredients. Mm-hmm. And everybody loves vodka. And like I said, it's just kind of a local twist on a classic cocktail. This is great. It's, it's an umbrella drink. It's totally a yeah. poolside cocktail. Uh, you I, taste like vacation. I can mm-hmm. picture Diamond Head in my head as I sip on this drink. Perfect. Well, actually, if you're actually at the deck at Queen Kapilani, you don't have to picture it. It's literally right behind you. Yeah. Just look up. Turn around. Look up. Look. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ron, you spent quite a, a number of years doing television news, reporting. You started in sports. Is that right? Correct. I was uh, Les Kiter, the general's producer. Les Kiter, you were his producer? Yeah. So, how was that? Absolutely amazing. So for those of you that don't know, the, the youngins in the room and right. listening, Les Kiter, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I equate him, uh, I don't know if this is the best comparison, but for better or worse, he was the local Howard Cosell. He was actually, if, it, if you look back at his incredibly illustrious career, Howard Cosell was his sidekick. Uh, when they did uh, the Ali fight, and before Ali was Ali, mm-hmm. when he did Cassius Clay, it was, it was the general calling the blow-by-blow. And Howard Cosell just happened to be his young sidekick. I mean, that's wow. how far back the general goes. And we, as a state, we, we were blessed to have such an amazing talent here in our islands. And as a reporter and as a young cub producer who had aspirations of greatness, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to learn under his mentorship, and he was an incredible mentor, mentor uh, was, was really a blessing for my career to launch. Were you, uh, before he approached you, in your head, were you more interested in the news reporting side, or were you always a sports guy? I was a sports nut. I mean, back in when I was really young, you can ask my mom. This is when Monday Night Football was actually at night. Mm. Uh, I would, <laughs> I would, we had to do turn close your eyes time um, because you know we were getting the games delayed. I would turn down the volume and I would be, I would do the play by play. Really? Just kid. for your, for your Just family f- at home? Yeah, and drive my sister nuts. I was going to say, that sounds horrible for everyone else in the room. Yeah, and I, I, and I wasn't very good at it, but yeah. It got better, Um, And so... Just very quickly, because you were telling me uh, off-air, is that you were about to go be uh, join HPD. Yeah, so I, I was actually a producer for many, couple of, almost three years, and I was getting a little anxious about waiting to be a, a reporter. And so next in line for my career goals was, was to be an officer. And so I went through the process, 
past the physical, the psychological. I don't know how that happened. I, I got into <laughs> tremendous shape, um, shaved my head, and I was literally a day away from entering the academy. And I went to deliver the news <laughs> to the general, my boss, and I said, General, I'm, I'm entering the force tomorrow. And he said, no, you're not. <laughs> and I literally, he told me, come back Monday and you will be our reporter. Wow. True story. And, and to this day, I, I'm, I, I'm grateful beyond words for his belief in me and, and really making me believe in myself. So that's one of those uh, life moments, fork in the road, a very clear fork in the road. You could obviously have gone and, I, and been an... A police officer. A police officer. And retired and have pension and all of the things that come with being an officer. Uh, uh, I joke because those guys have tremendous responsibilities and risk their lives every day. Uh, But yeah, all my friends who were with my class, they all retired. They're fishing today and they have pension and medical for the rest of their lives. (laughs) And yet here we are. And here we are. 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 I'm with the two of you. If if you went... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Should have taken road A right. there, Ron. If you yeah. went to a central casting to uh, cast a local HPD, like a sergeant or something, I could I, see I, it. It would just, I could totally yeah. see it. You're, 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 you drive you, you might have saved us light. from the Kaloha <laughs> debacle. Oh you could God. have been chief of police. I thought about that, you know. Yeah, seriously. But then again, I'm, 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 I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, choose I, that am, path. I am too, because that's yeah. a huge news cycle. There's a lot. There's a lot. What's going on with my mic? Is it there? There we go. There there's, we go. There's a lot going on, and there's a lot of news there. So I'm yeah. glad you didn't, because we. It's good to keep following that. <laughs> it's story. the gift that keeps giving. It kind of is. <laughs> kind of is. So, uh, going back now to being a sports reporter. Yes. 180. Uh, sports reporting is a 180 from being a police officer. What was your background? You came out of school. You were working in school, maybe doing broadcasting. Uh, at, at the University of Hawaii, I actually, I'm going to go way back. Once I got out of, of Kamehameha schools, I, I, I was always strong in writing. So I was in the, in, I'm tooting my horn, but the Honors English program. And they toot, always, that's what this is okay, about. Toot, this toot. is about you. Okay. And so I, I would, you know, they said, you know, you should pursue something in writing. And then I went to UH and I worked at Kaleo. I was a sports editor at Kaleo. Um, did some radio at KTUH with an audience of, what, eight? You know, back then, KTUH signal was very weak. So we'd have Manoa and Hale Iva. I think it was 100 watts. It was crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, That's fun, though. It was super fun. And and then I also did some work at the Honolulu Star Bulletin back then. Um, Because I was a sports editor, I I was able to get some connections. And that's how I landed into KHON, Channel 2, in 1985. Um, So it's the only station you ever worked for was Channel 2. Yep. That's interesting, too, because... Hold on. I'm going to have to switch mics here. Hello? Can you hear me now? There it is. That's interesting, too, because a lot of times in broadcasting, people will move from station to station, either to further their career or they'll get fired just because people get fired in broadcasting. Not because (laughs) you're bad or you're good at your job. It's just because it's time for them to fire people. It's a very nomadic career choice, typically. Yeah. I mean, the the life span of, of a reporter and anchor is very is very short, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why I'm so grateful. I've had such a long career, and I, I had opportunities to go away. Uh, I came very close to going to San Diego once, um, and Las Vegas twice. Stay classy, San Diego, <laughs> <laughs> which was another word of the day, by the way, many years ago. Um, I had to say stay classy, Honolulu, without being obvious, but and, and I pulled it off at the end of the newscast. And and well, Lop Chong yeah. to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Oh.
<laughs> yeah, but I, I, it's it was a, it was a great ride. I mean, I traveled, yeah. I met people, I I uh, went to Japan, I covered Akibono's retirement, you know, the, the Subway series. I did a lot in sports. I think I remember that story. Yeah. I remember the, the retirement. That was a huge, huge, huge story. And, and, and we this had is access, an all access. I mean, Chad was a friend. So we were literally treated like Yokozuna. Wow. He was nuts. Yeah. Now, KHON, for, for the viewer, for the listener who doesn't know a lot about the television market in Hawaii, KHON dominated the television market for pretty much the entire time you were there. It yep. was KHON and then a distant second and third to all others. Shout out Joe Moore. Absolutely. You know, when, <laughs> when, when somebody saw Joe, back then Joe was a sports guy when he started off at KGMB with Bob Seavey, and they had a legendary oh, I cast, love Bob, Bob Jones yeah. and Tim Tindall. And, yes. You know, but Joe was was the, the surfer-looking dude. Kind of looks like Flash, when you know, Interesting. back in the day. And then somebody said, <laughs> Hater in the house. All right. <laughs> All right. Damn. Okay, wow. no, he's, he's just, I look, he, he looked up when he said that, too. Like, okay. <laughs> um, but somebody saw potential in Joe Moore, and they, Channel 2, Pulled him away from Bob Seavey and every and all of those guys over there, and and um, he became legendary. Yeah. In in a, in a short time, and they built an incredible team of reporters around him. I mean, think about when I first landed at Catron, we had Ray Lovell, Barbara Marshall, Ann Botticelli, Nestor Garcia, Jim McCoy. I mean, just incredible. Chris Parsons. Legendary names. Legendary names in, in, in the television news industry. Leslie Wilcox was there yet or no? No, Leslie came a little later. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and actually was with me when I did when we launched the first 5 p.m. news, and then I did the mornings with her as well. So they were building an A team. This was yeah. it's, it's like a sports team. They were building their best players, putting it all together. And, and then you have Les Kiter. And it worked. Yeah. Oh, God, it worked. Dominate. Nowadays, they like hire reporters based on how many Instagram followers they have. That's pretty much it, or how, <laughs> how little money they'll take, I think, is, uh, yeah. is closer to the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to ring the bell about that one, so we just say lap chunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Ron, that's, I mean, it's interesting you're telling about this, talking to us about this illustrious TV career, and we could talk about that all day. I'm sure Maleko has a million questions. But why leave mm-hmm. that? To go do the Hawaii Food Bank, which seems like that would be a lot more work. You know what? It is a lot more work, but I welcome it. I mean, um, don't get me wrong. Uh, Television news industry uh, is a tremendous amount of work. Long hours, um, and you never, no no vacations, really, uh, no holidays. This guy's like, taking time off all the time. <laughs> I'm just an anchor. I told you, already said it. I'm not actually a reporter. Hey, this is just for reporters. Oh, yeah, oh, this oh, is, oh, oh. I'm just a pretty face. No. <laughs> Are you, though? <laughs> Even the girls have looked at you on that one. <laughs> what are you drinking? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I thought, you know, I, I had been a, a board member at Easter Seals. I'll back it up for mm-hmm. 10 years. And I had a taste of the nonprofit world. And I was a strong advocate for the disabled. And really enjoyed that moment in my life and established incredible friendships and relationships to that I still have to this day. And I knew one day that I wanted to do something with a nonprofit. Uh, and then also my children are grown up. I mean, my youngest is now off in college playing football. My oldest is a reporter uh, covering the Vikings in Minneapolis. And then my daughter is, is a mommy. I'm a grandpa. Wow. Yeah. Oof. Oh, take it easy. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm truly Kupuna Ron. 
Wow, uh, Kupuna Ron over here. Yeah. That's better. Yeah, that's I, so Ron and I are in these food bank meetings. I call him Uncle Ron. Yeah. I'm going to switch it up. I think Kupuna in the moving forward, it's going to be Kupuna <laughs> Ron. Yeah. yeah, I can reach you from here first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to get past my lop chong first, though. Oh. <laughs> Ill. <laughs> <laughs> the food bank is one of those uh, nonprofits that people hear about you always hear that they're collecting donations the radio stations are always doing a food drive somewhere but the workings of the food bank are mostly a mystery to people what would surprise people the most about what you do there the amount of people we serve every single day you know we can throw our own numbers that we really cannot grasp i mean we we say one in eight people go to bed hungry every day yeah i find one that hard yeah. to believe Actually, like it seems Crazy. Crazy high or crazy low? It seems crazy high because I think in our day-to-day lives, we mm-hmm. don't necessarily see that. Well, that's perfectly said because, truthfully, how many of us would actually raise our hand to say, I'm hungry? I mean, it's one of those social justice issues that really people don't like to say that. So there's a, there's a shame component. There's a, there's a huge shame component. And then when you add in our cultural you know, things that we deal with in Hawaii and, and the things that how we approach life. I mean, the one in eight number, truthfully, Flash, is to me low uh, because we see it on a daily basis. And this is, you know, people say, okay, you feed the homeless. Oh, yeah. Hawaii Food Bank definitely serves the homeless community. But that's not the extent of it. I mean, we feed our kupuna, our keiki, our working families, veterans, domestic violence survivors, uh, you name it, uh, and then then you throw in the mix during a natural disaster and a crisis like we that saw last was, year. That was interesting. Uh, a thing that came up that I learned the other day is is that I thought that's like an American Red Cross thing or something. I had no idea that you guys get involved in the natural disasters. Well, keep in mind, and uh, the American Red Cross does phenomenal work, but they don't feed. They don't feed people, and that's not their kuleana, if you will. <clears throat> and truthfully, it's it's not anyone's kuleana. I mean, everybody's supposed to show up at shelters with their own food, but that never happens. Mm. Um, and it, we usually respond post-storm, post-event, like we did in Iniki uh, in 92, and I was there for that when, when the Hawaii Food Bank donated a million pounds of food to Kauai because they had none. It was absolutely crazy. Uh, we, saw it, we saw it in 2018 with the April storm. We had back-to-back-to-back hurricane scares. Lane scared the you-know-what out of all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had Kilauea erupting for three months. And then right after that, it was the government shutdown. I mean, we saw faces of hunger that you would never even imagine. And people who never thought they would be hungry in their lives were knocking on our doors in uniform asking for food. It, it, was, it was absolutely heart-wrenching, um, but it makes me motivated to do what we do. And I'll be very honest with all of you. Uh, you know, my mom is my hero, like all of, many of our moms are. And my mom was a single parent. Um, you know, she worked her tail off to make ends meet. And while my sister and I never went to bed hungry, <clears throat> I know what it's like not to have. And, you know, um, going to bed with eating two cups of rice with shoyu and, and Vienna sausage, that's good, you know, and I was good with that. And some of my friends would share what they had for dinner the night before and you know, I'd have to quietly just sit there and, and hear that. And, again, I never went to bed hungry. In fact, when we had a good night with Swanson dinners. Remember those TV dinners with fried chicken? and Loved those Swanson oh my dinners gosh. back in the day. Right, with the corn and, and the little hungry dessert. Hungry man and all that. Hungry man and yeah. Salisbury steak. Yes. That was a big night for us. And so 
I go back to that a lot, what I do now for the last year. Not that I feel sorry for myself, but to understand that hunger has faces that you would never even think is out there. And so when you talk about who do we serve, we serve Hawaii. And, and it's not being cliche. Um, and that's why if you go to the food bank and, and as Flash says, you, you're seeing more of it uh, in your role here, we have an incredible family of, of, of people. We have 4,000 volunteers who give back to the community. We cannot do it alone. I have a staff of less than 50. We serve a million pounds of food. I say serve. We distribute a million pounds of food out of our Oahu warehouse every single month. 40 to 60,000 pounds every single day. If that's not coming back in in donations, that gap yeah. of inventory suffers. And we saw it, especially during Lane and then the government shutdown. Well, here. We're talking about the government shutdown. Yep. That's not that's not necessarily I'm going to get an engineer here at some point. It's yeah. not working. Uh, the government said that's not necessarily a natural disaster. It's certainly not a planned disaster. It's not something that people would have expected. In Hawaii, a lot of people are living just enough. They get just enough paycheck to pay their bills, you know, maybe get the groceries, everything's okay and they get through it. When you talk about it in a circumstance where you have a job, you have a commitment, you you're still going to work but you're not getting money, these people were getting help from everywhere they could. Mm-hmm. So you probably saw new faces there, people who didn't know how the process worked. Is there a barrier to entry for people to come in and, Absolutely and not. check it out? Absolutely not. We serve all. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, you, you talk about uh, people not knowing the process. That was perfectly said because people didn't know what to do. N- nobody knows how to stand in line for food. Um, and literally, we had men and women in uniform coming off of their shifts because they had not been paid in a month, come directly to the warehouse sobbing, crying. Uh, one of the gentlemen who showed up was my center when I was playing ball um, as, as, a, as a kid. Um, and Sherman and I shared an incredible moment, emotional. And he, they used to call me Duke back in the day and, and, and said, Duke, my kids are hungry. And I said, nothing to be afraid or ashamed of, brother. That's why we're here. You know, and it was heavy. I mean, it was heavy. Um, but that's what we do. And, and <clears throat> no, you don't plan for that. Nobody can plan for, for any kind of, whether it be a medical issue with your family. Literally, many of us are one, two, three paychecks away from being on the streets. And some of the people who are on the streets have jobs. And those who we serve, you know, they go off to work. They just don't have enough money to pay the bills or to pay rent or to pay the medical bills or to or put dinner on the table for for the kids what a horrible decision that a lot of families in hawaii have to make every single night is this something you think is getting worse is the problem exacerbating itself are you serving more people now than you used to or is that maybe the opposite is happening you know i i I don't think it's i don't want to say it's getting worse because my cup will always be half full but i do know that no one has to be hungry in hawaii because of organizations like the food bank and there are others who help our communities, our, our faith-based uh, churches, and they're incredible partners with us. So if you're hungry, there are options out there. Um, it's just raising your hand and not being shame. There used to be a couple of, of other places that have since shut down. There was a warehouse in Kaka'ako mm-hmm. that served. We would drive through Kaka'ako, and you could always see the lines, Kapuna mm-hmm. mostly, standing in line around the warehouse. That shut down completely. Did that move? There, a, lot, a lot of, they come and go. 
they come and go. Um, but then we have over 200 locations, if you will, uh, partners uh, who, who do feed our, our hungry community. Um, and some of them are, are little churches. Some of them are soup kitchens, like you, like you speak of. Some of them are big efforts. I mean, if you ever drove past uh, Vineyard Boulevard under the freeway, that Samoan church there, yeah, uh, right by Palama Settlement. Oh yeah. Every Thursday, there's a mass distribution, and surfing, uh, surfing the nations is one of our partners that helps distribute this food. There are five to six hundred people there every single Thursday, and wow. they get their food from you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, they get the food from the community. That's how I want. I want to make sure that we stress that we cannot do with what we do without people like both of you, and and organizations like like iHeart Media. I mean, the support that we get from our Farmers and uh, our, our retailers and manufacturers is tremendous, but really it's the grassroots, and it's it making folks believe that you know and trusting in our mission. Do you feel like um, getting back to Maleko's point earlier about the uh, serving more people mean the the situation is getting worse? I actually thought of one way I would look at it is serving more people might actually mean you're being more successful in getting the word out to the people that don't know that you exist or don't know what steps to take to get the food from you. I didn't even know where your warehouse was until I went and did a tour last month. So is serving more food less successful or more successful? Because at least to me, to some degree, that means more people are getting the word. Perfect. I mean, it's education too. And really it's, it's about nutrition. You know, a lot of times people say you're just creating a new problem by serving or pr- providing spam and Vienna sausage and ramen and, and all that. Thing. You don't want to just feed people. You want to feed people healthy food. Mm-hmm. And since I landed there, we, we've changed the conversation of health because I strongly believe, and, and there's data to prove it, that nutrition is often a, a, and, and, and hunger is, is a sign and, and a result of malnutrition. So if you can change that, you can change lives, and and we've seen it. We've seen it happen. I mean, one of my drivers, uh, our drivers, uh, was homeless. I mean, he ate and received food from IHS for years. You know, he he's giving back now from the community that he took from, as serving as one of our drivers. It was meals that turned his life around, and that's real testimony. That's real stories of, of to your point, are we doing more good for the community by serving more people? Absolutely, a meal can turn somebody around. And give them hope, inspiration, and and that's something we we want to be a voice of. We want to be advocates for the hungry, so that people can can get better in their lives and be better people. So, Ron, we talk about the impact you've had on the community by being there for people in need. The other end of this is that it's a service that's constantly in need. Your warehouse is constantly being depleted and then being refilled. And we talk about those food drives. I know iHeartRadio has been a partner for many years. Uh, I've been here for 20 years, and it seems every year we're out there with the fishnets uh, on on the food drive days, trying to collect money from people in cars, trying to get people to empty their ashtrays, mm-hmm. drop off bags of rice, things like that. Is there a constant need to keep recruiting new donors, or do you have a steady supply? How does that work? Well, we have a lo- very loyal donor base, but as you know, the community ages, and people's giving changes, uh, whether it be because of <clears throat> attrition, you know, people pass away, uh, but we have to attract the millennials. We have to bring in a new audience uh, of new donor base, and, and, that, and we're capturing that uh, one of the things that we brought to the food bank is what I call alakai, 
And it was a vision of having young leaders in this community who want to be to give back to the community. And we've assembled an all-star group of, of millennials who know how to use the phone, who know how to get campaigns going that we never tapped into. What we did 10 years ago as an organization will not work mm. tomorrow. And so we have, I've really stressed evolving, whether it be through website giving, uh, how we tell our story, how we message, uh, you know, get people's emotion going, mm-hmm. not to exploit or use someone's, misfortune but to make people understand that our efforts are going well beyond what they think or even know mm-hmm. yeah so it's 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 an it's a never ending issue when it comes to inventory because every day the the food is going out the door and so when i look up at the shelves like i do today before i got here i mean there's a lot of empty shelves right now um and i'll share with you we're, we're we have less than eight day supply of food is that normal no What's normal? Normal would be anywhere between 15 to 20 days. What's ideal? 20 days. 20 days. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not exaggerating or making this up. This is based on pounds that we have in the warehouse mm-hmm. right now. And that's based on how much pounds that goes out the door every day. So forty to 60,000 pounds, you do the math, that's how much food that we actually have as inventory right now. If we were to get sl- slapped by a tsunami tomorrow, we'd be in a world of hurt. And that's why another thing that we've really aggressively trying to do is doing some advocacy work at the state capitol, making lawmakers, whether it be county or state, uh, federal or federal congressional leaders, understand that we are isolated islands. We are so demographically challenged when it comes to our ports. We saw that in our last storms. And it was closed for one day. Yeah. If we ever got hammered by a hurricane... We would be so in deep kimchi. Not if it's it's when. So it's a matter of time. Yeah. So wait a minute. So you're talking about a 20 day supply for your current level of demand. Right. If there were a natural disaster, say the ports were closed for three weeks, or a government shutdown, or again. another government shutdown, or or worse, maybe a, a an island wide disaster. Is there realistically? Do you have enough warehouse space? To handle a disaster that big? <laughs> I've had this conversation with the governor and the mayor, and, and, it, and I'm gl- grateful that we have the opportunity to get their attention because, no, I'm going to be very honest. As an island, we are ill-prepared. As a state, we are not prepared. And I'm yelling uh, down at the Capitol. I mean, I am pleading with, for them to understand this. And, you know, like a lot of our businesses, I mean, we're an island state. We're surrounded by the ocean. I'm in an inundation zone, warehouse in Mapunapuna. If... If Lane hit as we thought it would, it was a, it was a Category 5, uh, we would have been wiped out, and our inventory would have gone with it. So even if you were fully stocked when Lane hit, because of your location, and Mapunapuna, yeah. it, it floods. Yeah. There's tilapias on, on a Tuesday. On every day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, li- I mean, literally, it, it's, whenever there's a high tide, there are fish swimming on Kiliao Street. Um, that's that's no, not that's, an exaggeration. No. I've seen the video yeah. of fish swimming in between cars right. on the street. That's frightening. It's well, frightening. And, and I, that's where you are. That's where we are, but that's not where we're going to be forever. And that's why, God willing, we will get the attention of those decision makers and the community and change the conversation about being prepared as a community. Hubs, island-wide, you know, it's a, it's a, huge, it's a huge pie in the sky for me. Uh, I've created a guideline and plan for the city to follow, and I've submitted it to the mayor, and it's been adopted as part of the resilient strategy moving forward. It's just somebody's got to buy into it. And what's going to take, 
It's going to take dollars. It's going to take commitment by by folks who who have the resources. Um, we can execute it. You know, we can help execute it with the help of nonprofits and other businesses, but we need to get better prepared as an island. Well, I have an idea. What's that? We could use the rail tracks <laughs> as a storage <laughs> facility. <laughs> It would be safe from inundation. It would be, it's already built, right? I mean, at least the tracks are built. It's a perfect storage area. I mean, what else are we going to do with it? Because that's, we're not running another, trains on it. That's anytime. another gift that keeps giving. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm thirsty. Lop Chung! Lop Chung! I'm prepared for another drink. I'm getting, I'm getting low on my drink, too. G, I understand that you've prepared, a, or you're about to prepare a second cocktail for us. What do you got? As um, you may know or may be finding out, we are hosting a pool party this Saturday. And what? We don't is, know. Tell us about the pool yeah, party. Yes. So we are hosting, <laughs> we do quarterly pool parties at the deck. And this one is being hosted by Pal and Tito's. And we are very excited to be having such a fun event at our beautiful venue. So I've come up with a unique cocktail menu just for the event doing some fun things like chandonitas which will be explained if you come by or check our website later on but today i'm featuring a pool mule um because pool mule. the pool mule because everybody's favorite cocktail when you're out in the sun is a moscow mule so this is a variation on a moscow mule but we gave it some color so Ooh. it's got a little blue Curacao in there for some color and some gold flakes because we are classy. I like that. So, classy uh, AF yeah. with yeah. those gold flakes. So we've got these also beautiful little pool deck cups here. Ooh. And um, I'm going to go ahead and just crack some. Those are nice. Those look like ginger wine beer. glasses without the stem. That's exactly what they are. Really? That's okay. exactly what they are. So I'm going to put some crushed ice and then top it off with ginger beer and then serve them. Ginger beer. That's a great flavor. All right, so while she's making that drink, we'll talk a little bit about the, the deck at the Queen Kapilani. Just renovated recently. Uh, huge renovation there. A lot of money put into making this deck space. Beautiful space. They've redone the surface of the area. They've made the pool easier to access. They put in some brand new furniture, a sound system, television. They've renovated the bar completely. Really great space to just go and enjoy an afternoon of cocktails. Maybe go for a late afternoon meeting or even check it out on the weekends. They got, they're still doing brunch now. Isn't it Beats and, and Bubbles or something like that? Brunch every uh, second Sunday of the month. Aloha Got Soul spins uh, for that one. That's a great place for that. You yeah. Just imagine just sitting out on the deck, listening to some music. It sounds like someone's working really hard for some free drink tickets over there. <laughs> what? But uh, we've got we've got a fun dip super CW's uh, benefit pool party this Saturday March 23rd DJs Osna Compose Jam Kayla Kenley who all the good ones she was just on uh, our podcast a few weeks ago and uh, who am I missing oh and Titabite she'll be there and it's a free it's a free party just come on down one o'clock. Now, pool parties were made famous here recently by Super CW, and so yes. this is—I understand this is a bit of an honorary Super Correct. CW kind of pool party event too. So, any any other surprises we should know about? Uh, well, only if you show up, uh, you're in your banana hammock again. <laughs> other than that, it's just going to be a good time. I can't do that now. I'm a respectable member of the media these days, but <laughs> yes, yes, keep telling yourself that. <laughs> I'm so thirsty. Coming, <laughs> Ron. What's it like working with Joe Moore? Just pretend no one's listening to this podcast because no one does. And Flash's mom is yeah. the only one who, who knows how to listen to this. So, Joe, Joe is, you know, I, I could never imagine what life is like for Joe Moore. 
you know, we... Oh, I can imagine it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, you know, he cannot go to Zippy's without somebody asking him the news of the day. Or finally tonight. I mean, you know, people would be just yeah. all over him that way. And for the amount of success he has, I have tremendous respect uh, for Joe Moore. I mean, he is... There will never be another Joe Moore. And for anybody who... Th- <laughs> I used to always say this at, at KHON. If you think you're Joe Moore, you're not. You know, and, and there's a reason why he was so powerful for many, many years. And it's because of the respect and, and uh, that he had earned through the years. How, how does that happen? I mean, what, what is it about he's, Joe? He's just real. I mean, you know, uh, a lot of times he, would, he ad-libs a lot. He know? does. He does ad-lib a lot. Not as much as he used to. I mean, he used to be pretty wild back when he, he was used a kid. To, he used to be pretty opinionated. Yes, very, very much so. And he used to interject opinion in there. All the time. And that's not something that newscasters normally do. No, and, and he really set the precedent. I mean, for uh, for many of our younger, you know, news anchors, I mean, you're you're taught in journalism school, keep your opinions to yourself. Mm-hmm. Stay subjective, you know, and all those things. But Joe would, like, know exactly what a viewer might be thinking or a mass part of the viewers. And he would ask the question, whether it was scripted or not, or even just make a comment. And those little comments went a long way um, of, of gaining people's love for him mm. i mean you either at this point you either love joe moore or or you don't and a lot of people still love joe moore and it's because he you know he he's earned that a lot of newscasters wind up just news anchors in particular if they follow their journalism education mm-hmm. they become for lack of a better analogy wallpaper they're just reading the news mm-hmm. they could be alexa you know they could just seriously just be reading the news as it is and you don't necessarily associate an emotion with the newscaster. But isn't that kind of like how it's supposed to be? That's this how it's neutral, supposed to be. objective. But it, it was never that way with Joe Moore. I remember growing up, we would always sit down to watch Joe Moore. And when there was this odd, uh, when Cage went switched to Fox, mm-hmm. I remember there was a special time in Joe Moore's history when he would come in and right after whatever show was on, on NBC, he was on Fox and he would come on and he would, he would, Talk about the show that was on the competing network. Yeah. And people at home would be right with him. Just like, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We were watching because, ER, too. Because people would come back to him. I was actually the sports director then. So I was doing yeah. sports with him then. And I never knew what he would say. People would sit on the edge of their seats knowing that they just came from another station. This is how dominant he was. I mean, you watch ER or Hill Street Blues or whatever the events were at the time. And at the end of that, people would still flip over to KHR. Right at like 558, just flip over immediately to see what he had to say. And that's power, and that's respect, and and that's something that we have never been able to duplicate and will never again. I mean, he was that special, and he still is. Didn't he, um, when it first switched over to Fox, he he talked a bunch of smack about the Fox lineup? He did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. Was, he was not happy, <laughs> Everything right? Fox he made yeah. fun of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and no one could say anything to him. I mean, I mean he, he went from having... You know, and I say he because we all did. Um, but you know, uh, an all-star lineup in in the NBC at the time, and then all of a sudden he's pitching The Simpsons. The Simpsons, you know, and which is a great show. Don't which at the wrong. time was but new, it, though, but it was right? new. It's a cartoon. People didn't understand it. I love it. I mean, I think the writing is brilliant. But at the time, nobody understood Fox's no. lineup, particularly when ER was the number oh, one gosh. show in the country. And I think Joe Moore had a, a portable television. Yeah. He'd put it on the desk every once in a while. And he'd watch it. <laughs> and he'd yep. be watching. Like, wow. And he'd, t- he'd make a comment about the last scene in the show and put it down. <laughs> Competing network. Put it down. And then people would race right after ER because he'd be watching it. And knowing that people were flipping over to yeah, him yeah, yeah. in time, 
to hear what Joe had to say about tonight's episode. <laughs> right. Because we crazy. were all just watching it together. nobody was watching Fox yeah. back then. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Fun yeah, stuff. He's, he's, a, he's, he's a legend. So, okay. We got drinks now? Let's do it. Let's oh, pass yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Lop chung. Lop chung. <laughs> Heard that was Joe Moore's uh, favorite meal. Is it? Lop chung. Yeah. With, with Mac salad. Yeah. Cheers, Wait, are these gummy bear pineapples? Yes, they are. Wait, what? Yes. These are delicious. And gold flakes. Where do you get these? Gummy bears are my favorite Those thing. Those are actually local made. Really? It's a company called Enjoy. These yes. are my favorite thing. Oh, these are Enjoy snacks? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well done. Yep. Well done. Wow. And paper straws, by the way. Yep. Gummy bear pineapple garnish. That's one of my favorite things. I love gummy bears. You guys got a good gig. Bad, this right? is a good gig. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> Can I come back tomorrow? <laughs> mm. I got a gummy bear in my mouth. That's why I can't talk. So you got this new gig. You're now here at the food bank. You're working with how many? You said seven thousand volunteers. Four thousand. Four thousand volunteers. Jesus. You said, well, I, you could have seven though, right? Uh, well, you know, volunteers. We'd, we'd like to. We 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 appreciate them. I mean, they don't have. They have but, a choice too. Like anybody who donates money mm-hmm. or food, volunteers have a choice to donate their time, and, and we don't take that for granted. You're talking about millennials. You're talking about new blood, getting some new energy into how the donation system works. We know about the fishnets. We know about dropping off, uh, not the fishnets flashwares on the weekend, but the ones they hand out where they, where they collect money on the corner. You can double up. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's wearing one today. It but anyway. Uh, but in today's market, people will set up a GoFundMe mm-hmm. and raise hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of 24 hours. That almost seems like a faster way to get what you need. Are you exploring digital options? Are you looking as at we bringing speak. the fundraising as we speak. to the computer? As we speak. And, and frank, frankly, we're having a couple of more vendors uh, reaching out to us this week. We're going to pick one in time for the, for the food drive. So that we can launch uh, these campaigns and, and, and giving opportunities that we, we were sorely missing and, and frankly missed opportunities um, because this device that we all now you know, are so reliant on yeah. is a tremendous tool. Holding the, up his phone, by the way. By the food. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a podcast, Ron. I'm sorry. Your TV days are over. <laughs> yeah. Camera three, I got to think Camera radio. Three. <laughs> uh, yeah. My KTUH days. I, you know, when I, I was sharing with you back in the day when we had like eight listeners and my mom was one of them. Yes. Uh, Robert K. Kahlo and I, uh, who works with you over at KITV, we were the original voice of the Wahine. Uh, when Tita Ahuna and Suz- Suzanne Aggie won the national crown, well, we did the broadcasts, but, you know, like nine people would hear them. Uh, but we had a blast because we were just two college kids who, you know, knew that really nobody was listening. Um, and then now, look at Wahine Volleyball is, is just enormous. That's great. So the broadcast didn't go anywhere, but the sports team did. <laughs> it's kind of like this podcast. We never really go anywhere. No one's actually listening to this, but the guests are amazing. Wow. It's great to have you And here. then you guys invited me. Well, you know, we're hoping you'll retweet it. <laughs> to my 16 followers. So, Ron, right now, between having volunteers, having monetary donations or having food donations, what would you say, in general, is it would be the most pressing for 2019 for you guys? I think you're, you're almost asking, and this is the report of me coming out, you're almost asking me, which would we prefer? And I'm going to be very honest, Flash. I would never answer that with a, a, a straight answer. And I'm not trying to dodge the answer, because everybody gives for different reasons. Everybody can 
open their wallets or their time, and they're inspired by different reasons. Um, so while we may not understand why someone can reach in their wallet and give $5, that might be their last five bucks they have in their pocket. Why somebody goes out and buys uh, you know, a case of Simon, that person may have experienced hunger before. Uh, somebody who can't spend money but can volunteer time because they came from the streets. So we don't know what inspires anybody to come through the doors, whether, whether it be through a monetary donation, a food donation, or their time. Um, Monetary-wise, yes, our dollar can go much further. We, can, we have a spending power that you and I, if we took 20 bucks and went to Safeway, we could not buy the amount of food that we can buy at the food bank. Well, you picked Safeway. Like, if we went to Times, we might, we might get a little more <laughs> Just don't go to Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> Stay hey, away. You know what? Whole Foods <laughs> donates to us, too, so we appreciate it. Okay. But we, we're what we call a Feeding America network, and it's a network of food banks across the country. And to require, to be an affiliate, you have to maintain your your warehouse at a restaurant standard, safety. Our books have to be... Uh, I mean, everything has to be accounted for. And your warehouse is immaculate. Immaculate, by it's, the way. Uh, it's un- it looks like a Costco, like a little mini Costco. It really does. Yeah. It's, and we take great pride in that. And I sweep the floors twice a day. I, I'm out there every, every day. And, and as, I'm not sweeping much. I mean, because the, the men and women in our warehouse bust their tails because they take great pride in knowing, first of all, we need to maintain that affiliation and the standards. But they know that people appreciate a clean shopping experience mm-hmm. and i say shopping they're not really paying money to get the food but they're in like a costco that's how it works right yeah. they come in like they're in a costco and they pick the things that they need mm-hmm. just as if they were in any other grocery store only they don't have to pay at the end yes i mean there some, there are some items that are what we call a shared maintenance cost but it's minimal you know it's it's like 18 cents mm. um and and most of that is is for the most of our member agencies there is no there is no sure. price yeah um but we have, you know, we have fresh produce. We have frozen food. We have, you know, our, our farmers are very giving. And, and instead of plowing it back into the land, you know, they, they donate to us. And fresh produce, as we all know, is really a source of health. Yeah. And people want fruits and vegetables. See, I thought it was always just spam and beans in no. there. I mean, you've got a lot. And I've seen the warehouse. There is a lot of, of incredible variety. variety. Yeah, and we're working on improving that variety. And one of the things that I've stressed, I talked about nutrition. One of the things that I brought on board in my crazy mind uh, that I didn't launch until a few late, few months after into my job <laughs> because I'd be shot um, was I, I called it the great ramen debate. And I, I said it with our leadership team. I had it on our agenda item one day and everybody thought I was crazy. And I so we talked about ramen. I grew up in ramen. I yeah. still do. I mean, when I went to UH, I ate ramen. My kids going to college now, they eat ramen, but it's not healthy. Right. And so so good though. It's so good. It's so but good. It's like it's like spam. Yeah. But and affordable. And uh, affordable. It really is. It really is, but it's not healthy. And if we had an option to purchase something that's nutri- has more nutrition, we're doing it. No longer Hawaii Food Bank is purchasing ramen. Oh. We'll, st- we'll still receive it. We'd never turn on a donation, but we will not spend the money that donors give us on something like that that is unhealthy. Hmm. Um and contributing to to hunger. Um Will I ever take spam off the floor? Heck no. I'd, I'd be shot. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we're getting less sodium spam in. Mm-hmm. We're doing things differently. We're getting more chicken. We're getting more tuna. We're doing more healthy proteins. How much lap chong are you getting? <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. See, what Flash Flash is just building some ideas here because he's got this idea that he's going to build a warehouse full of alcohol one day. And he's just going to be able to go into this warehouse and pull out all the alcohol that he needs and feed feed the needy drinks. That, that's his, that's his goal in life. I just heard an organ. 
Choir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, when, when we were in college, my good my roommate, um, bless him, bless his heart, uh, he every time he would open a can of beer and our other roommate would say, Father. <laughs> so every time I hear the, a can open like I did earlier, I thought it was Father. 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 So thirsty, Father. <laughs> oh, my mic is dying on me again. Do you want mine? I'm going to put batteries in this thing. What's going on? It's not like we work at a multi-million dollar broadcasting company or anything here. Hello, <laughs> iHeartRadio. Can you hear me? Oh, look at this. <laughs> look at G pulling through. Substitute mic. G, you can that's come it. over and use my mic. <laughs> oh, that sounded weird. That's <laughs> <laughs> Not weird the way she looked at you, though. She was oh, like, no thanks. I'm good. All right. Well, Ron, before we go, we want to make sure that we uh, everybody can reach you, can can find out more information. If people want to donate, if people want to volunteer, or if people need to to come in and use your services, what's the best way to reach you? Follow you on social media, all of that stuff. Yeah, we have all the we have all the social media platforms: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. The easiest way is just go to HawaiiFoodBank.org. And if you want to be a volunteer, there's a, there's a tab for that. If you want to donate, there's a tab for that. Uh, if you need services, there's a tab for that, and um, it's it's very very easy to negotiate, uh, navigate, and and maneuver through that. And you're talking to a guy who really doesn't, you know, I it took I, I don't, I'm not very computer savvy, so I surround myself by folks who are. Um, but I do did know that we needed to make some improvements to that, so that it is more user friendly, and it is now. So I, I encourage anybody out there listening. All of your millions of listeners. Millions, Ron. <laughs> millions. You listening, Flash's mom? <laughs> mom, you need to listen one million times. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm so grateful for your for your loyal listeners and audience. But go to HawaiiFoodBank.org, and really you can help make a difference in people's lives. And of course, uh, Saturday, April 13th, is your big annual food drive. You guys are going to be all over town. All over town with, with uh, all different... Um, venues, shopping centers, waterfront, Pearl City, Windward, I mean, the Windward side, everywhere. We'll have people, fa- fa- friends, families, partners like you guys. Uh, you know, Perry, Perry will be there, and, and Sweetie and Karen. Uh, they're going to be out there as they have been from the start. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about partners, I'm, uh, not because I'm in your studios, <laughs> but Chuck Cotton and, and iHeart, huge, huge. They are one of the major reasons for our success, Blan Giardi over at Hawaii News Now yep. and and Dennis Francis at Star Advertiser. Our media partners, a lot of nonprofits would love to have. Yeah. and, uh, and That's I, all I, the big guns right, right there of yeah. all the different you know, back types the, of media. We at KHON, everybody has their cause. Right. We had Laulima and, and Lokahi. We mm-hmm. still do. Incredible, incredibly important for kids with, with, with needs and especially during school. The Hawaii Food Bank has always been with Hawaii News Now, before it was KJMB. And that was one cause that I, as a competitor, would always kind of look at them and go, wow, that's a cool that's a cool event to be a part of because mm-hmm. they're feeding people who are hungry. Uh, and now here I am, and, and I don't have to hide. You know, I don't <laughs> have to say it's not happening because guess what? It's happening, and, and we don't have to, you know, we don't have to... Skirt around some of that. Right. Well, I'm glad to have you here, and I'm glad that you were able to share this with us. It is happening Saturday, April 13th. And just for anybody who's listening, just so you know, by the way, because I've been the guy with the fishnet banging on the windows of cars. the iconic fishnet. Right. At the intersection. Just so you know, when you look straight ahead and you keep your windows up, I can still see you. (laughs) You're not invisible. People do that. If you do that. If you don't look, 
They don't see you. And it's like, no, I see you. I see you not looking at me. Roll down your window, empty your ashtray. That's what I always tell people. Yeah. You've got coins in the ashtray, even if it's 50 cents. Throw those in the, oh, in the no, basket. Absolutely. Otherwise, I'm going to send Big Koa after you. <laughs> he, and, he's big. He's very big. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really big. <laughs> so that's happening on Saturday, April 13th. If you're driving around Honolulu, you're going to see them. So make sure you pack some, just throw some food in your car right now, some canned food. And uh, let that sit there until we, we catch up with you guys. And, cool. and Ron, uh, I know you mentioned the website, but the Instagram. The handle? Yes. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yes. Hawaii Food Bank. Hawaii Food Bank. At Hawaii At Food Hawaii Bank. Hawaii Food Bank. Help me out here, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a test. I didn't think <laughs> it would be I'm that hard of a question. <laughs> I'm sweating lap chong. And G. Yeah. Hey, G. Where can we find you and where can we find the deck in Queen Kapiolani? are right across from the zoo parking lot on uh, Kapuhulu and Kalakaua, and we also valet for two hours for $3 for two hours. Nice. And you guys have a new partnership with Lyft, yes. so people can come and take Lyft uh, rides to your to and from the property and, and save some money. Yes, absolutely amazing. Just one question. If we just have surpluses of food at our house, like what's the best way to get that to you? If it's... If it's like a truckload, we'll come and get it. Yes. Uh, or just but, like canned or extra yeah, stuff. You know, we, we, want have, to we have partners like uh, restaurants, Ruby Tuesday, Napa, um, other other partners, even the HFD. Uh, they, they can stage areas where they, you can drop off food. Um, but we'll come to you. I mean, if it's something that we can make use of for sure, you know, if not, just come straight to our warehouse in, on Kilihau and. Negotiate through the the potholes and the uh, and the tilapia, but no joke, <laughs> no joking aside, uh, we do appreciate and people come every day to to our warehouse directly with with their uh, donations. Awesome, thank you so much, Rod. Thank you, G, yes. and the deck at the Queen Kapilani Hotel for coming in. And yes, if yes. you want to learn more about it, you can visit hawaiifoodbank.org. Next week, Flash, who do we have? Uh, I just got distracted. G's making us another drink while we go off the air. God nice. bless her. I love the deck. Uh, next week, oh my God, we have uh, Pow Wow Hawaii, actually in Pow Wow Worldwide co-founder Jasper Wong is going to be in the house. We've been trying to get him in for a while. He's incredibly busy. Uh, he's an incredibly talented artist in his own right, but what he's done putting together and creating Pow Wow is just it's unbelievable. And they just finished up another successful powwow here in Honolulu with incredible new art murals and other events that they did around town. We're going to talk about all of those. And we're going to talk about the worldwide contingent it's unbelievable. of powwow, yeah. which is bigger than you can imagine. That's all coming up next week. Thank you for joining us on the Maleko and Flash podcast. Visit our new website, club301.com, where you can find out how to subscribe on your favorite podcasting device. And we've also got Spotify now. And uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You can tell your smart speaker, hey, Alexa, play the new Maleko and Flash podcast. And we'll just see what happens. She's been sassy lately. She's not doing it. Siri still does it, but Alexa's got attitude problems these days. But you can always listen for free, of course, at iHeartRadio. And thank you so much to our sponsors, Young's Markets and Pacific Edge Magazine. Hit me up if you want to sponsor the show on Insta at Flashy808. Ron, that's at Flashy808 <laughs> on Instagram, Ron. Or if you're an old man like Kapuna Ron, you can email me at flash at iheartmedia.com. But what's the fax number? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> what's the pager number? <laughs> I'm going to page you 143. I'll let you decide which one it is. <laughs> 
Special mahalo to Tito's for making us funnier. <laughs> and uh, for Naomi Hazelton for being hot. At Pacific Edge Magazine. That's sure fine. <laughs> and uh, look, how do I win my flask cap? I already forgot because I've had too much Tito's. All right, so if you want to win your very own flask cap, which is the new yes. way to enjoy a beverage doing yes. your favorite activity, here's what you've got to do. Take a picture of you doing something awesome that would be 10 times more awesome if you had a flask cap while you were doing it. So it could be a picture of you hiking Cocoa Head. Yeah. Maybe a picture of you on the beach. Uh, maybe surfing. Maybe if you were on a boat. Ideally... Somewhere where maybe you're not supposed to have the alcohol. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe it wouldn't be the appropriate thing. Yeah. Please don't send a picture of, of you driving. But if you're a passenger, is that okay? If you're riding in a there lift, you go. absolutely. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you if, go. Of you riding in a lift, absolutely. So take a picture of you doing something awesome that would be 10 times more awesome with a flask cap, hiding five ounces of your favorite liquor, where you can mix it up and have a good time. Hashtag Maleco and Flash. Hashtag flask cap. That's, flask cap. Yeah, that's F L A S K A P. If you put those two flash tags or those two hashtags, <laughs> <laughs> I just came up with a new yeah, word for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> flash tags. Put those two hashtags on your post, and uh, we will pick a winner every week to win a flask cap. How dope is that? And if you want to win it, just post it now, and we'll let you know via the Insta. Do it. Hey, that's it. So if you liked what you heard, which which is unlikely, but that's fine. <laughs> but if you did, tell your friends. Yes. How would I tell my friends? How how does this iHeart app podcast thing work, Maleko? Really, really good. Look up. You see you see those three dots at the top of the screen there on the right? Click that. That's the uh, the okay. share button. Check. Got and it. then you can uh, email it. You can text your friends. You can copy the link. You could post it on social media. Yeah. Just post it on social media. We don't I'll want you to text your friends or email them. We want every we want as many people mm-hmm. to know about this as possible. So yeah. don't be shy. And don't forget to follow us on social. I'm at DJ Maleko. I'm at Flashy808. That's Flashy with two E's. Or I guess if you turn still the, talking. If like, you turn the push up. notifications on on your on your app, then it will automatically tell you. I'm not listening. That there's I've a new show coming up. Left the room. <laughs> no one cares. Oh, I so want to hear more. <laughs> hey! 